Today's date is June 30th, 2023, and this is episode 28. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert forty nights and forty days. When he got tired and hungry, to his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus, through the temple of Pontop. And he said, if you are the Son of God, you fall for this illusion drop. A lot of scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Ooh. Then the devil get to Jesus to a mountaintop to shove all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil get told jesus you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank God. Yes, it is Friday. I'm your host. My name is Ron Johnston, and I'm here with Flightworks Mary. Tonight, giving her testimony, our special guest, Murfette. Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing good. A little rushed, you know, Friday. And it's that time of the bean counting again for the month. Oh, the beans. Last day. Yes, lots of beans to count. And I've also been uh, working on deer tactics to get rid of the deer out of my garden. So 
Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. Deer, deer tactics. Yeah. Defense. I got deer defense going on. The redneck way, plastic bags and bottles. <laughs> like, no. like cans and trip noises, trip wires. Yes. Oh, I have those too around my beans, trip wires. Protecting those beans, you got to count, right? I know, right? But you know, if, if they, I was just thinking though, Good if they Lord. do get in there, they're, it's going to make a mess out of my garden. They'll probably be destroyed. <laughs> they get tripped up in it, but oh well. What have you harvested yeah. so far? Radish. Mm, me too. And I... little little baby peppers. I kind of made a mistake there. I I thought I would try to get the plant to grow a little better without the fruit so early, but now they don't want to produce any fruit. Uh, so so radishes and nasturtium and and what what's some what's some what nasturtium. That? You can eat them. They're flowers you can eat. Edible flowers. Edible flowers. Yes. Huh. Good for your eyesight. Huh. Yeah. So a bunch of herbs and, and that stuff. So wonderful. Life is good. What about you? What about me? <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing? Yes. Uh swimming. It's been hot. It's uh it's been smoky here in Michigan. <laughs> whatever that's going on in the sky i don't know but man my yeah. eyes and my throat have just been uh in a battle all week so uh lots of cold water keeping that throat moist yeah hydrated yes lots yes. of well, your voice sounds your voice sounds perfect oh thank you one I'll little thing i want to add about those deer yeah, is why I've been praying in the garden, like, Lord, why can't you make the deer attracted to the weeds? <laughs> I mean, why you don't know, they eat the weeds? That, I have that same problem with my chickens. Um, my son asked me, how come you don't let the chickens out anymore? And I said, because the garden's planted and now they know where the good stuff's at and uh, they won't stay out of the garden. So, that you know, they free range before it gets planted. They, they free range all fall and winter. But once that gardens and, um, and I, you know, I got a chicken tracker mm -hmm. and I walk it around the yard. You know, give them some fresh grass every week, but I don't let them out because they just they just tear up the garden. And I and yeah. and, and says the same thing. Why do they eat that? They know where the good stuff's at. They eat the good stuff. Well, dandelions are the most healthy thing you can eat. So why don't the deer eat those? Because <laughs> they don't taste good. Have you ever eaten oh. a dandelion? Don't. Yeah, you're right. Don't. <laughs> right. Let's talk about next. Anyway, week. what's going on next week? Who's going to be here? Next week is, I think it's Greg in pursuit. In pursuit. Yeah, July 7th, AKA Greg. Okay. In pursuit. I like it. And then, yeah. And then who? who, who and has? then we have Devo and his wife, High Vistas. They're going to be back to back on the 14th and the 21st. So we got a month of Bard's Nation's testimonies. Bard's family. Must yeah, have then, yeah. Tam rounds it out at the end of the month. She's going to be on the 28th. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. And I'm excited for that. Me too. Tam's here in the audience. Hi, Tam. Can't wait for you. Looking forward to it. And uh, tonight, giving her testimony, our special guest, 
Murfette. Let's welcome our guest, Linda Murphy. Thank you for coming on the Godcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ron. How are you? Doing good. good. Life is good. God Hi, is Mary. great. Hi, Linda. Hi, everybody else out there. And I heard Tam, the sweet tea. <laughs> How are you all? Is that her nickname, Sweet Tea? <laughs> sweet yeah. Tea. Yeah. yeah, Sister Sweet Tea, huh? Hi, <laughs> oh, Sister Mary. <laughs> you, yeah. I can't help it. I love the brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with uh, six brothers and sisters, and we had a lot of marks in the family with marriages, so we just started calling each other brothers and sisters. It just kind of stuck, you know, cute. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're probably going to start with a little prayer. Okay. To get us going and get um, just the atmosphere set for what you're going to share tonight. So should I pray? Yes, please. All right. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for bringing us here tonight on Godcast. Uh, Lord, we're here to glorify you and that and that's all we're here to do. So thank you, Lord. We want you to be here tonight to guide us be our preacher here tonight, Lord. Give us the words that are going to lead others to you. And for those that are always already with you, Lord, just strengthen us. Bring us closer to you, Lord. And Lord, we ask for we ask for prayers for Linda tonight. Lord, give her the words that glorify you tonight. We know this is your story, and we're we're grateful to have it here tonight. We're grateful and thankful for all our listeners. And if there's anyone here tonight that does not know you, Jesus, we ask that by the end of the night, they do know you through your love, through us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ron. Oh, it's always a pleasure. I feel like I've been praying all week, all day. If I'm not yeah. talking to someone else, I feel like I'm praying in my head all day. Just a constant conversation. Either that or I'm just crazy. That's good. That's Probably really good, both. though. It's what he tells us to do. Pray all day, every day. Yeah. For Why? everything. Why? Give me wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> help this buddy out. Help, the, help, help me out. Okay. Uh, Linda. God bless you for being here. Oh, thanks. Ron. It takes a lot of courage <laughs> to do what you're doing. Um, Thank you. But I want you to know that there's somebody out there that needs to hear this story. And that's why you're here. Um, yes. And they might not be in our live audience. They not they may not listen to this, you know, till a year or two down the road or maybe next week. But you're here for that reason. You're here for somebody else. So thank you for being a servant. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, just start. Should I just start talking or? Oh, well, before you do, I just want to give anyone that's in our live audience, okay. please feel free to tag Mary for any prayer requests and also any prayer re praise reports. Um, we're, we would love to pray for you at the end of the show, at the end of Godcast. Uh, so yes, Linda, please tell us what God's been doing in your life. Tell us, tell us your story. Okay. Um, well, as you know, my real name is Linda. I'm a, I'm Linda Murphy. Um, 
I took Murfette because my husband's a Murph and I love those handle names they were talking about. I'm not just a part of my husband, so I'm I'm Murfette. And um, I I have a fa uh, six brothers and sisters. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was born there as well. A lot of people think, oh, Vegas, you know, it was a lot different when I was growing up. It's it's much different these days. Not always for the best, neither. Anyways, um, my parents met here in the 50s. My um, mom was from uh, New Jersey, and she came out here with her family. Um, I think my uncle was, when I'm from the mob, to be honest with you, that's my Italian side. Um, but that's all right. He was a, a musician. He came out here, and then she was out here. She met my dad, who was um, from Iowa. He was in the Air Force here. We have Nellis Air Force Base out here in Vegas. And they met here, and um, that's how it all started here in Las Vegas. My dad started a small company, a uh, truck stop that was very successful. And um, us kids grew up here, went to high school here. Um, back then, Vegas wasn't as big as it is now. A few high schools. Um, anyways, that's another story. Um, then I went to college uh, from high school. I went to UNLV and graduated with my uh, bachelor's in education. And I went on to teach for a few years. And I got my master's in education as well. I met my husband at around 24. I've been with him for 31 years now. God bless, you know, it's a lot of years with my husband. Um, we were together for a few years, got married in 95. I graduated college in 96. Um, late 20s, started, got a new home up in the suburbs in the northwest part of Vegas, which was very nice, very quiet away from the city. Um, I had the minivan. I had it all. Just thought it was the best life ever, you know, great neighbors. I got pregnant with my son at about 30 and everything was great for several years. And then I tried to get pregnant with my daughter. She was uh, a few years later, I had a really hard time getting pregnant. Uh, when I finally did, it was, it was a good thing, but I, this was my first walk of faith was, was my daughter actually, not my son. I'm calling, uh, mostly was for my son, a lot of the story, but um, I took those tests, those pregnancy tests. I, I didn't want to, the doctors encourage you to take to see if they have any birth defects, if there's autism, that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, I'm not gonna take it. I don't, I don't need to do that. I didn't do it with my son, but I said, oh, what can it hurt, right? So I took that test and I got a call from the doctor encouraging abortion because the test came back showing that my daughter would have multiple birth defects called trisomy 18 disorder. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, um, yes, actually, I, I do, Linda. Oh, I, I know yeah. I, I'm very close with a couple who actually have a foundation that they established for that. So, oh, wow. So I, yeah, I, you, I, I completely mm -hmm. understand what you're saying there about that. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't know much about it. I just said, I looked at my husband and I said, you know, he's encouraging abortion. My doctor actually left uh, messages on the answering machine because I said, you know, that was really our step out in faith. We, we went back to, I grew up Catholic. And when I had my son, it's always the kids bring you back to God. For me, it was, you know, I like a lot of people. I always knew God was there. I, my Catholicism was a good base. You know, it was, it, it gave me some good, a good base for God. And I always knew he was there. And after we had my son, I said, well, we need to start going back to church and do the right thing. And um, I love the church I grew up in. And we even did the Eucharist once a week and everything was great. And, um, Anyways, I finally had to say, well, now we got to walk the walk, you know, and not just think it, you know, we got to really fall on faith on this. 
And we decided, we told the doctor, no, we're, we're not going to abort the baby. If that's what she has, and that's what God, God intends her to be. And we're going to have to walk through that, you know. And um, the calls didn't stop. He called several times, leave voice messages on the answering machine. Sorry, we really need to consider aborting the baby. It's a terrible birth for them if it even survives past a couple days. And, you know, it was terrible. I just said, we're not doing it. So he says, well, then I want to do an amniocesis. Is that, I don't know if I'm saying it right, where they take the fluid from the belly and look around, you know, for like Down syndrome. And I said, no, we're not going to do that neither because there's a chance of miscarriage. You know, I'm like almost 35 and I don't want nothing to happen because it took me forever to get pregnant with her. So then he got a little more upset. And at that time in Las Vegas, we didn't, we had a shortage of gynecologists. They were all leaving the state because there was some, um, something with the laws that you can see them and they just weren't happy about it. So I was kind of stuck with my doctor. We did that to go to the emergency room and see doctors there when I needed care. So we just said, no, we're not going to do any of that. So they sent us for level three ultrasounds at that time, 20 years ago, those were like the high ultrasounds, you know, to make sure they're looking for any birth defects, um, like trisomy 18, their hands are clutched together, or deformities. And so, you know, it was kind of fun because I got to see my daughter like every week, you know, at the end. So that was kind of fun. And of course, everything was fine. Uh, they did find a blockage in her kidney when she was in my stomach. Um, and they said it's kind of normal in vitro. So when she's when she is born, we'll take um, we'll give her some tests. So sure enough, everything went fine. They did the test and everything was fine. Uh, the reason I mentioned that because it comes back later on after about a year into my son's cancer, which I'm going to go into next. Um, she actually did have a problem with her kidney and she had a lot of bladder infections when she was a baby. And I mentioned it to the pediatrician and he said, Hey, I'm going to go check that out. And they did some tests and they found that her, uh, I think it was utera wasn't connected to the kidney from the bladder and it would have caused kidney issues later on. So she actually had a surgery to make that better. So, you know, go figure. I think that was my first walk of faith. I know it was, um, God, they showed something in the stomach from some weird, disorder they were looking for they never found and it saved her later on so you know things happen you know that's god right there i feel well that's incredible um, i think so and her middle name's faith and um madison faith murphy she's a good girl she's studying to be a nurse she's 20 very healthy beautiful i'm so proud of her and she's i have to say I'm, she got in the nursing program in utah university there and um she's not vaccinated and i was very proud of her for sticking up for herself and She's just going along. She sticks up to them and, you know, they dropped a lot of the mandates. So anyways, that's kudos to her. I just wanted to plug that in. <laughs> um, all right. So after Madison was born, um, I lost my father three weeks after she was born. He had a massive heart attack, which was very, it was devastating to the family. He was, you know, quite the patriarch. So um, that was hard on me emotionally. And I had the little baby, you know, and my son who was four at the time, Matthew. And several months went by, and in the fall of that year, my son got very sick, his stomach. He just kept getting stomach pains and getting ill. I, I took him to the pediatrician. It was at Thanksgiving because um, I remember I had to take a few days off from work, and it was Thanksgiving time, so, you know, we always have the time off at the holiday. And just bad pains, and then they would go away, and the pediatrician pressed on his stomach, and, oh, he's just – He's fine. He's just a little boy and he's using, he wasn't eating well neither. Like he didn't want to eat, you know, um, he, the pediatrician just said, you know, it's just a boy and he's just trying to use his food to control things, you know, whatever they say about kids, you know, 
I said, all right, well, then now here it is almost Christmas time and his stomach is swelling. And my husband noticed in the shower, he I mean, he looked like the Ethiopian children that are starving and their bellies get really big. And he said, and the pain kept coming and going. So we went back. This is just a matter of a few weeks, right? Because of from Thanksgiving to the Christmas time. And my doctor took him in, it was December 22nd, and he pressed on his stomach and it pressed back. So they ended up finding a tumor the size of an apple on his kidney, which took up half of his stomach. That grew within what, four weeks? That's as fast as it went. The same doctor that saw him near Thanksgiving you know, felt nothing, right? So it was quite a, quite a thing. So on December 22nd of 2004, my son was admitted into the hospital in Las Vegas, Sunrise Hospital. Um, he went in his little pajamas. It was like Christmas time, right? And um, anyways, so we go in and um, his scrotum, the tumor by that time, by just within days, his, his scrotum grew so big from the pressure of the tumor that um, almost like he, he was, it was going to pop his belly, everything. He was in so much pain. Um, the doctor just put him to sleep for a couple days. So my brother's a born again Christian, my brother Mark. And he says, you know, Linda, because this is, this is it. This is the walk, right? This is my faith. We got to walk this out. You know, one thing with my daughter, this is something big. Um, so they had to put him asleep until they could shrink his tumor enough so he was comfortable. And he had a, a tumor called a rhabdoid tumor of the kidney, of his right kidney. It's a very rare tumor, uh, 10 cases a year in the United States. And the doctors pretty much kind of looked at us like, oh, he's not going to make it kind of look, you know. So I Linda, started writing scriptures. Yes. Um, how old was me? he? How old was Yes. How old was he Matthew, again at this time? Matthew was not quite five. He was. Okay. All right. He, he has an August birthday, so he, he was four going on five, and my okay. daughter was, you know, a year old at this time. Linda, your earpieces, so, you, do, you have a yeah, cord, you, do you have a cord on your earpieces? One cord, is it making sound? Okay, I, I think maybe it's bustling around because the sound, sound's going in and out. Okay, I won't mess with it. I'll try to hold it still there. Okay. okay. Um, all right, so I forgot what I was saying. Sorry. Oh, all right. So they put, no, it's all right, Mary. They put him um, asleep for a few days, like kind of comatose because it, it was so bad, his pain, you know? So um, that was Christmas. Um, I will say, you talk about heartstrings. I, I, the people that came and, and prayed for us and blessed us and brought things to us during that was incredible. Um, that was the first year without my dad. So my mom was really struggling. I come from a very big family and you know, they were all doing Christmas and everything. And I had my little baby girl and my husband's in the hospital with my son. And I, you know, I went home with her cause she couldn't stay at the hospital. So I went home and I tried to do Christmas Eve with my family. And I just sat there and I, you know, during all that, you really get the true meaning of Christ, you know? And I just remember saying, Oh, I feel there was a weird sense of peace in my heart, even though things were so crazy and out of control with all that. But you know, you really see the true spirit of, of Christmas and Jesus during that moment. God, it was, um, Absolutely. Anyways, it was quite transforming for us, you know, probably one of the biggest things we went through in life and, and are still faced later on in our future, which I'll get you to. So anyways, um, they did a biopsy on Christmas morning and they put his cord in because they knew they'd have to start chemo. And that's when we came back with the, uh, the diagnosis, which was very rare, 10 cases a year. They had to get a hold of a doctor in St. Jude's in uh, Tennessee to try to find a protocol for it. There was a doctor named Dr. Domes and he has had a protocol for tumors, but like this, 
but ones in the brain, they usually attack the brain. Um, so they just did a basic chemo to shrink it enough so we could get home. Um, the surgeon was wonderful, uh, Dr. Fury. He was, he was a good Catholic guy. Um, he prayed with my husband a lot, which was nice because, you know, a lot of the hospitals there, they don't. And that's, I kind of got distracted, but we'd put scriptures all over. And I'd just pull the Bible out and look in the back in the Concord and just whatever I still had, write down and post it up all over the walls. And, and I know that saved my son. Um, we had people praying from the Mormon church to the Catholics. We had people in Mexico, Europe, I don't know, that just the whole, everybody came out for him. So God's good. And his prayer, their prayers really helped him because um, they, the tumor was removed successfully. So all the cancer was removed and then they radiated, uh, radiated his abdomen. No, um, and he had no burns. He had so much prayer and God was with us, you know, and my son had no burns down there. So they thought after it was five oh. days. Yeah. Wow. You know, he's little and, um, yeah, that was pretty a good thing too. That was a God thing too, you know? Um, so I just remember when he would sit in the hospital, we had the elders come for him. I was at another church at that time. I found a good Christian church. They came out and prayed for him. Um, and I just remember sitting there, there was a scripture by Ezekiel 37. Uh, it was for Israel, but to breathe life into you and into Israel. But I would just read it out loud to breathe life into my son and the bones come alive. And I would just chant it over and over. You know, there were so many scriptures I had all over. I would just, I'd write them and I'd say them. And because, you know, when there's, when you see your son suffering like that, no one can help him. I mean, you know, they pretty much said, and uh, our meeting, the first meeting, the doctors go, you know, very serious, you know, how serious this is, Mercy Mary said, yeah, so how are you going to keep my son in his bed? Because he was very hyper boy, very active. And they says, they kind of laughed, well, that won't be hard, he'll be very sick. Well, he never really was down except that one time and they put him to sleep because it was so painful. He would get his little chemo pole and his bike and his little Batman cape, and he'd go around the uh, hospital on his little tricycle with his, and I'd be chasing him with the chemo <laughs> pole and the nurses would be like, stop, because, you yeah. know, that's, that's hazardous stuff, you know? Um, yes. He was always just very positive through it. And um, a lot of kids are that go through childhood cancer. It, it's very big. There's a lot, lot of it. And they just don't really give it a lot of attention, you know, but um, it's very underfunded too, by the way, they very underfunded. Um, anyhow, we met a lot of people, great people. Uh, my husband uh, did hospitals at night and I would come in the day I had to take leave of absence for a year the first couple months were real hard because I had four months to teach left and I think the last month I just I said that's it I just took my leave of absence and I had a good uh, person come in and take the class over but um I would go to early in the morning I dropped my daughter off the neighbor at around 4 a.m she was our grandma neighbor and then I'd go and meet my husband at the hospital and he'd go to work and then I'd come home with my daughter who once again was always my little sunshine, you know, she was always kept, she kept me grounded during all that. Cause you know, the other children need, you know, she needed me. She was just a baby and that kind of helped me get through it. But um, anyways, the chemo started and he finally got home on Valentine's day. It was like February. I'm pretty sure it was like February 13th. Cause I, I remember taking that day off and there was the big kids parties and the Valentine parties. And we had Christmas in February that year. But we did good. Everything was fine. And we waited several weeks to start his next chemo. Well, with Matthew, he would get very neutropenic. So with after his chemo, he'd come home for a day or two, get the high fevers and have to go back to the hospital like every time. And he'd be in the hospital six, seven weeks at a time. Um, and we'd have to share that room at the time. The hospitals here, you had to share with other families. So that was really hard. 
we'd just have a curtain between us and you'd have, you know, both little kids sleep. And a lot of the times it's really sad, you know, uh, a lot of the parents couldn't be there with their kids. They didn't have support like we did. So my husband, he would take care of them and help them, you know, in the bathroom. It was really hard. It was hard. You know, you get to meet a lot of the kids. And then, of course, they'd take them and when they would leave the room, they'd go to the isolation room, which meant they were, you know, going to die. So they weren't making it. So that was real hard. Whew. So we get through that, uh, oh, about a year of that. And we finally found another hospital that would take the insurance, which was across town, but it was more private rooms. So we'd finished our chemo was about uh, 18, 18 months. So we finished the last several months at St. Rose, um, which was better because we got our own room. And, oh, it just was so nice. We didn't have to deal with all the drama and the terrible feelings from other families. They were good. A lot of parents, we all just kind of helped each other, but it was hard at night to sleep. And you hear the moaning and the parents, it was just hard. Anyways, it's whew. So um, St. Rose was a children's miracle network hospital. And um, one of his doctors thought out of the box. So when Matthew would get real neutropenic down for six weeks, uh, the doctor said, let's take his own stem cells. So to harvest Matthew's own stem cells so we could give them back to him so he could uh, recover faster, right? Well, it's a Catholic hospital. So they had to get approved to the board um, there because you know you don't wanna mess with you know, stem cells. You don't wanna do that. But since they were his own, it was kind of an experimental thing. Um, they tried it and it worked. And he was such a happy little boy and so peppy and they just loved him. So they made him the Children's Network um, child for Southern Nevada for uh, St. Rose. So he was quite awesome. a celebrity. Well, yeah, it was real nice. See the God blessings and all this stuff, right? Um, he was all over the, you know, stores, the Costco, the Walmart. I'll show you a picture. I'll send it to you with his little Batman cape and his little bald head. He was, he was just a cute little boy, you know, great personality. And he's a fighter, you know, still a, still a fighter, you know, those boys. Um, anyway, so we got to meet President Bush. We got, they flew us to Washington, D.C. with all the other children from Children's Milk Network from around the country. We ended up in Orlando, of course, Disney, you know, and uh, they had a big thing with them. That's when the Wiggles were real popular. I don't know if anyone remembers the Wiggles. And um, I remember walking through the hotel and seeing the Captain Feather Sword, if anyone knows the Captain Feather Sword. Anyways, my it was fun. My daughter was little older than and could enjoy it. She still was only three. She didn't quite get it. She always says, geez, mom, we did all those fun things. And I don't remember. I sound to say, uh, we met president Bush at the white house and he was very nice. And very, very nice in person, very charismatic, you know, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. He signed a dollar bill for Matthew, but my son didn't really seem to care. I framed it for a while, but, uh, and, um, all right. So we left there and, we went to, we had a private tour of the Capitol building, which was real nice, you know, all of that is part of um, being part of the Miracle Networks. And it was a nice little organization, you know. Um, anyway, so let me see where I should go from there. Um, I do wanna mention something I saw in my notes. When my son was real ill the first few months, I was driving home through, the, through town and I was on the freeway and I heard God talk to me. You always hear people say, God talks, you know. And he's, didn't talk I just felt it that presence and it said your son's going to be okay and I was driving I said you know I never forgot that and I really he meant it because he is and he was and he beat that tumor and he beat that cancer and there are many times the doctors would come in and, and not believe me I said my son will go home today and his white blood count will rise 
oh, you, Mrs. Murphy, don't count on it. And they come in about 10 o'clock at night. You were right, Miss Murphy. You get to go home, you know? So Praise God. anyway, that's kind of his story. Chemo lasted about 18, uh, 18 months. He had a no more chemo party. And that's when we did all the great stuff with Children's Miracle Network. Um, but then we had another problem. Uh, a few years later, he was about 10. Wait, this was at five, six, seven, seven. He was seven. Um, he was still very thin and he was having, he couldn't walk very well. So this was like in second grade, third grade, and he couldn't, he couldn't walk very well. So we took him to the doctor, you know, to always have his checkups because I have to check him all the time. And um, they, he ended up seeing a renal specialist because they found out he had rickets and a rickets are, you don't get enough vitamin D, right? So they were saying, well, it's not the chemo after physical therapy that did beat his body up. It's the rickets. His kidney is malfunctioning now because he only has one kidney, right? The one left oh, is yes. the one that went through chemo and radiation. So it got all beat up and it wasn't working well. So um, they put him on dialysis. And in third grade, he had the little dialysis numb. And my husband would do that. We'd do the machine at home, talk about something, you know. Um, I have to toot my husband's home, Murph. He, he was the doctor man, you know. I was the nurse. I don't do the blood, but um, he was just so good. He'd get the needles because, you know, with the ports, all that stuff. Uh, he was quite a good man through all this and always helped all the other children in the hospital, too, like the daddy, you know, the hospital daddy. Um, anyway, so um, it led to a new kidney for my son. So at age nine, we ended up at UCLA Medical Center in, in Los Angeles, you know, in uh, Westwood there, because they have like the best kidney trans best transplant place. And it's an incredible hospital, right? And um, so we went there, he was nine, and my husband and I were both a match for his kidney. So um, that's another God thing, right? To have wow. two matches in a family, yeah. So they ended up taking my husband's kidney, not mine. I had kidney stones. I didn't know we were in there till. About five years ago, <laughs> that was another whole story, you know. <laughs> they were stuck in there. I've had surgeries. It was a mess. Those are very painful, very painful. Yeah, no one I've had them. That. Oh my gosh. I've yeah, which led to my other things later on. But that's it's not about me right now. But anyway, that's how God works, you know. So uh, it took quite a while for them to approve it. It takes a while. And um, at ten, my son and my husband in August, I think it was twenty ten switched kidneys so uh, we stayed the night UCLA in one room they started the surgery really early in the morning I remember looking at my boys oh and my sister and brother with me and you know once again there was that sense of calm this buzzing the little sense it was I like had a buzzing in my body you know that's when I know God was with us that presence yes. um, like my brother says you know some people never feel that Linda I mean that's the blessing and all this in a way I said I guess so you know you you don't want to think that but I do believe it because, you know, only during really bad times, I thought you really that feeling, you know, the calmness. And I watched them both go on each gurney. Oh, and they went their own way. And I sat there trying to just take my mind off everything. And I was praying. And the surgery was done in record time. They came out. And I thought, what's wrong? Something must be wrong, you know, because you're out here so fast. And the surgeon says, it was the most incredible surgery. It just fit like a glove in your son, your husband's kidney. And oh. I said, oh, praise God, right? So, yeah, kind of cool, huh? And um, um, I just dropped that um, scripture that you gave me earlier. I think it's really poignant right now to what you were saying. Um, um, Psalm 66, five. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Come and see what our God has done. What an awesome miracles he performs for people. 
Yeah, for his it was a miracle. That's two miracles or three with my daughter. So right, right. All within a couple of years, you know. So um, I guess where am I going from there? You know, I would like to say this about UCLA. I always it was really weird when we first walked in there. It's like the hospitals you see on TV. You know, every doctor has a place and a name. And I remember being in ICU with him. We were there for a week, and those the doctors and the nurses and the the interns, they all have a name and they, I'd hear him whisper at the door, oh my gosh, that's that boy who had, had that cancer. I can't believe this is even happening. Look at him and look what's happening. He's come through it. And, you know, I just thought that's my God, right? And then I would hear the nurses say, oh, it's because they pray, look at those scriptures. And they've always say the parents that have the faith, their kids come through a little bit more. And that's not always true. I knew parents that had the faith too, and they did lose their children, but you you get to the point where it's like, you got to do what, what God's will is. And if that was God to take him home, then yeah, you have to accept it. And I think that's what helped us. We just accepted if this is what it's going to be, this is what it's going to be. We can't fight it. And we just leaned into the world a little bit more. So anyways, where do I go from there? Um, another thing, he also, after his kidney transplant, he was out of there in record time. We had to live there for six weeks. We left in five. I think it was even four. Uh, within a few days of getting him out of the hospital, we had to live live there. We couldn't come home. So my daughter stayed at, in Vegas with family. We stayed at Manhattan Beach. It wasn't too bad. It, was nice little, it wasn't too bad, I have to say. It was kind of fun being near the ocean. But uh, within a couple of days, he was feeling so good. We went to a baseball game, went to an Angels. We didn't want to go see the Dodgers. Sorry, we drove to, uh, drove to Anaheim. and uh, We're Angels fans. And, and my little boy, you know, just had a kidney put in him. Here we all sitting, sitting at an Angels stadium. And it got a little warm, so we got up to walk away. and. Um, one of the, what is it? The, the bouncer guys, whoever the guys that worked there, he asked if everything was okay. And we kind of told him, yeah, we're going to go. My son, we just had this done. It's just getting too warm for him. He goes, well, here, let me help you out. They brought us up to a big suite with a, a waitress and everything. And we just had a ball. So anyways, that was a blessing there too. You know, oh, someone yeah. was looking for us. Yeah. Yeah. Some it was favor fun. there from the Lord. Yeah, it sure. was some favor. It was nice. So anyways, um, that's pretty much the story of my son. Um, He's been successful. It's almost been 10 years now with my husband's kidney. Um, he's just all the time. It's, it's still functioning. It's not as high functioning as it should be. But for 10 years, they say it's where it should be. Everything's, uh, we just don't know. We know eventually he will have to get another transplant um, because they don't last forever, maybe 20 years if you're lucky. You know, having a family's uh, don donating it, it, it works a little better. But, you know, my son's 24, doesn't always take care of himself. So I, I could use prayers for that, um, for him to take care of his body a little bit more. Because, you know, this is my husband's kidney in there. I tell him, that's your daddy's kidney. You better take care of it, you know. And we moved out here to the uh, out of the city, and he's back there, and he's living with friends. And, you know, he needed to grow up and be on his own, but we stay on him quite a bit. And, um, you know, so funny, Mary, because, and Ron, he doesn't remember a lot. And he remembers some of the traveling, but um, some of the pain, but not really. Because, you know, the kids, when kids go through cancer, they're very, as long as your parents are there, they're fine. They're not like adults or babies, you know, you get scared, you cry. They don't know their their, their mortality, you know. And um, Yeah, they don't understand a lot so of what's going on, I'm they, sure. So. They do when they're little. He was little, though. It's like the teenagers. It's hard for the teenagers when they go through it because they know, you know, yeah, what they're going right. through. and. Um, yeah. Anyhow, that's that's that. And let me see if I missed anything. I'm kind of have all these notes. 
So that's kind of how I came to know God and my husband and my family. Um, I try to live in now, the now right now, right? And um, I just remember during all that, I uh, Psalm 91 is another one I really leaned on. Um, you know, take refuge and the angels will hold you up and, and yes. not let your foot hit a stone and it's true. And that's how we felt. We had lightness during all that stress. There was a lightness to us and a sense of peace. And that Christmas holding my little baby with my son and husband in the hospital. And they had that sense of peace on Christmas Eve. That that was God there. You know, that was Christmas. Not all the gifts, the food. And, and I just remember sitting there going, man, what a thing, you know. Um, anyway, that kind of leads me up to date. Um, do you guys have any questions? Did I? I don't think I left yeah. anything out. That's yes, yes, I do. Um, okay. So you were saying just now that um, that's kind of where you felt like your faith was kind of um, shored up with the Lord, basically through yeah. this with the things with your with your son. So I, mm -hmm. I guess I'm curious about um, where you had found the Lord, like where you were at before that, or it, it was like, did you accept salvation bef before this happened with your family, or was it something that you were brought to salvation through it or just or not just but that mm -hmm. your faith was increased because my faith is we were catholic when it happened so well no not really i you know i was never confirmed as a catholic so i don't know were you i think you said you grew up catholic on huh, mary um, um no we were the other side of the know. fence we were the lutherans oh well, there you go so. <laughs> anyhow you know, if we're not against us or for us, that's how I have to say these days, because yeah. there's so many of us and we all love God, right? You know, it gets to that point. Um, yeah, there's no denominations in heaven, I'm sure. So No, but, uh, you know, I just, no, I always knew God. That wasn't really where I did it. It was, I guess, just before that, I was baptized in my Christian church. I think that was after Matthew had the cancer. I should know. They should say you should remember because it's your birthday, you know, I'll be honest. I don't remember the exact date. I just remember the water was really cold. So I, I think that was just before Matthew got sick, which helped. And that's when we had the elders from the church come and pray over it was Canyon Ridge Christian Church there in town. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, it's like a lot of people, like I always knew God was around, but I never really needed him. You know, you never really need him until yeah. you need him. And you don't want to wait till it's too late, do you? And, right. and we did. I almost think we did. I always knew he was there. You know, even when I was in the Catholic church, I always had that feeling, that presence, like, that sense of calmness when I was around him or prayed with him um, and my husband too. But this, I'm not going to lie, it brought us. That was it. I said, you know, if, if I can't believe out of all these miracles in this terrible situation with both kids, you know, that was God right there straight up. And and um, Scott oh, and me today was, he was praying for someone. Uh, there was a prayer about some child kind of being in a calm and, and how we were praying um, for miracles. Sorry, I lost my earbud. Praying for miracles for that child, and I saw them in my son. So it can happen. So if any families oh, yeah. are out there facing such things, oh, you know, we were up against a monster, and I, I do remember my son was in so much pain, and I would say, you know, son, that is Jesus holding you in His hand. The devil's trying to beat up, and Jesus won't let him. So that pain is them fighting, and God's got you in His hand. And he used to remember that, you know, and it it just helped, you know. And so they gave him the pain meds, you know. Yeah, and um, <laughs> all that stuff, right? And uh, Benadryl. I have to say, to parents, that Benadryl. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that took the edge off everything. Put him to sleep just like that. So, yeah. anyway, I have that. 
I have this uh, sign. I've got all these little notes at my workstation, but one of yeah. them I have says, you know, you'll never know God is all you need until God is all you've got. And That's so it. that kind of uh, reminded me of what you just said about, you know, knowing that you needed him through that situation. And I felt him. You feel him. And, um, yeah. and you see the amazement of people when they, especially doctors, doctors don't get it. They don't, one of my doctors did, and he stayed with us and the other one we didn't go to anymore. He was faithful. He, he had, he had God in him too. So he got, you know, he, he understood us and that made it nice. Um, I guess we'll end up now. My faith still went strong. My, um, I lost my mom about eight years ago. Um, I quit smoking. I love cigarettes. I love them. I smoked since I was like 14, you know, I was not a very nice girl in high school. It's a smoker, you know, in that group, my eighties grew up in the eighties and seventies. And anyhow, I, I can relate. So I, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know, I can't breathe anymore. And I was doing my daughter's hair and my lungs were gurgling. And I said, this isn't good. You know, I'm not that old. I, I, that was the main reason I stopped. Not, I wasn't, you know, the cancer is one thing, but I couldn't breathe. So that year I quit smoking on mother's day and, um, kind of cold turkey. I tried all that stuff. And the thing that helped me is I would write scripture down and I'd roll it up in little tiny notes and I'd shove them in my bra. Sorry, man, you know, I shove them <laughs> down in there. And it, when I moved the wrong way, they'd scratch me and it would remind me that God was with me and I don't need that cigarette. And this, they're bad for me. And you know, it sounds kind of silly, but I have to say it really worked. So there was God again, just that magic little God thing, you know. And uh, oh, that yeah. year, my mother got diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. She was this very heavy smoker at 81. Um, it was this, it just coming out. It was, she was gone within three months, very peaceful. My mother went very peacefully. Um, and I saw God again. I was, she did all the little Catholic prayers, her little Catholic, her Catholic hymns, and I'd read to them all the time. We're all sitting around and um, read Psalm 23 to her, and she took her last breath as we walked through the shadow of death and I was, I read it to her and I thought that was very special too. So, you know, I felt God again right there, you know, uh, since then we've lost all the parents are all gone and mm. we're just adults now. And now my kids are gone. So I'm an empty nester and it's kind of, it's an odd feeling. Um, but where I'm at now, um, I haven't found a new church yet. We moved from Las, we left Las Vegas because I sold my home in Vegas when, the school district was going to force us to mandate our vaccines and I wouldn't vaccinate. This was back in, um, there's another walk of faith here. It's back in when was that 21? Cause 20, we were all home digital, right? Online. And in 21 in September, the school board met, we all showed up there. There wasn't a lot of parents just really surprised me. And they voted at midnight as many people said, don't do it. Don't make the, make us have to vaccinate to keep our jobs. And they passed it anyways. So I said, well, Mark, I'm, we're not staying. I'm not going to do that. I've been a good girl taking their stupid test up my nose, you know, so I'd be mm -hmm. a good, good citizen. And um, I'm not taking the vaccine. None of us did. So we had praise family God. in Tennessee. Yes, praise God. That's when I found Scott, too. It was in January, January 6th, the 28th. Was it 2021 when that all happened? I don't know. It was shortly after yeah. that. I found we Scott. Say and that's Scott yeah. from Bards FM. We should probably say if there's anybody in the here Bards who doesn't know, know who Scott we is. Found Bards. <laughs> yes, I, I found Bards. And it was shortly after January 6th. And I don't know how I found him. It was like the first night he was on Podbean. Maybe someone said he got kicked off YouTube. And I was just following people filming the Capitol incident, like 
private videos on YouTube. I was because my sister was there. She went. I said, Lisa, don't go to the Capitol. There's some weird stuff going on. You know? And um, and then somehow I found Scott on this Podbean. I said, what's Podbean? I downloaded it. And then I was like, these are my people. You guys are my people. You know, like you got it. You've got the political and the religious all kind of mixed in there. And I, I don't know. We've grown quite a bit, haven't we, on this walk together as like Bard's Nation. And I, am I allowed yeah. to do that on our show? Cause yeah, it's, it's show. spiritually um, is there's been a lot of growth and, and no matter where you are with that, that a lot of us here, that's how mm -hmm. we got connected. And so I'm just, yes. I'm thankful for that. So, and I'm yeah. thankful that I got to meet you. Oh, me that. too, Mary. And um, I guess I'll finish up with, you know, I know as teachers aren't very nice people sometimes <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of hard to come out and say, Oh, oh don't tell the warlord, but I am a teacher. I've taught 26 years. Um, I stood up to the school board. I've never talked about it. It's on, on shows all the time. And I just didn't want to bring attention to myself, but we're not all bad, you know? And I tried very hard to stand up that night at the school board meeting. Um, when they passed that, I said, well, I guess, you know, I'm out of here. So we're going to move to Tennessee. We have family there and they didn't press all the stuff they do here. Like some of you in other States, you know, the West coast, like Scott said, we're really under tired out here during all that locked up. We'd leave and we'd grab a little RV and we'd travel to Utah and it wasn't like that. Like the whole world wasn't locked up like us. California, Washington, Oregon. I had family in Washington and they'd tell me a week ahead before anything would happen. And um, I just started thinking something's wrong here. This isn't right. You know, we can leave the state and everything is normal. And I come back here and we're locked up. You know, this isn't okay. So that was why I didn't do the vaccine. I said, I'm not doing it. And by then they were given to all the teachers and all the firefighters and policemen got pre privilege to get them first right and all my friends I said what are you guys doing you know it's experimental you know don't do it well of course there was only a few of us that didn't do it and we kind of clung to each other that school year and then when the school board made that announcement so I waited I said I'm a I'm not going to have work in December because you heard everyone was losing their jobs right at that time so we sold the home in Vegas which my little northwest home and my family's all still there and um took the money because it was good. The market was good at the time. And I went to Tennessee in that January. And um, we ended up not going because when I left a school board meeting that night, uh, there was a reporter who talked to us, some of us teachers. And one of the lawyers in town, is, um, he ran for governor as well, Joey Gilbert, his law firm was affiliated with, helped us. And they said, well, you know what? What they're doing isn't right. So they went to fight the university system first. So they went up against UNR, which is Reno, and UNLV, because even the college kids had to be vaccinated. We're not letting them start school, and Madison was about to start college. So you're going to Utah, because we had, you know, anyway, so that's why she got away from being vaccinated. A lot of her friends had to be vaccinated to go to school in Nevada. And so they fought that, and then when they got a hold of us teachers, uh, I kind of, I'm very, very proud of myself. I spearheaded it, because the uh, lawyer said, why are you taking, because we had to get tested every week. If anybody knows how that is, you know, to make sure you don't have it if you're not vaccinated. Well, they made us go off contract time on our own time across town. You know, Vegas has like the worst traffic now because everyone moved there. I'm sorry, my California friends out there, y'all came over. And um, so I told them I go on my own time. They said, well, they can't make you do that. I said, well, they are. You know, I, I was threatened if I don't take it, then I'll be sent home and this and that. She goes, well, would you mind getting your contract and get it all going for me? And I did. 
And when I was standing in line, the boy put together everything and he says, would you like to get other teachers? I said, well, I don't know if I can find that many because they're mostly vaccinated now. They all fell for it, you know. So I was standing in line to get tested and I had a little paper with his name on it. And I said to everybody, because we all hated being there, I said, you know, we don't have to do this. You know, I found this story. He's going to help us. Here's his number. Here's my number. You know, get a hold of me and let's get in on this, you know. And I said, but, but they all took the number. We only ended up with about 20 of us that went into the class act lawsuit. And in that January, he said it was successful. Um, they, the school district backed down from the university level, uh, but it was never said on the news. And I said, well, why was it on the TV? They said, well, they won't like to say they lost. They will never admit that. So a couple of his teachers said, well, we don't want to test, uh, take a test anymore, you know? Um, it's not fair to us because the vaccinated people don't have to test and they're getting sick and getting us all sick again. They all started getting sick, the teachers that took it, right? Because we all know what happens with the vaccines, you know, it got, got them sick. And um, they said, okay, well, they did a, they wrote up some legal complaints and that was dropped. And within a few months, there was no more testing, but I ended up with getting COVID. I got very, you know, I had it twice. I survived it. And the second time wasn't as bad as the first, but uh, the doctor wrote me out of my testing. So I had, she goes, you don't have to test for 90 days. Cause you know, I, I probably shouldn't have got tested every week. I was just trying to do the right thing because I'm a girl, you know, I had friends that never got tested and nothing ever happened to them. So I just want to say sometimes people don't want to speak up and go against uh, authorities. And, you know, sometimes you have to, because I did, and many of us did. Some people never got tested and they kept their jobs. I didn't lose my job. And I went, my name's on a lawsuit, you know, to the fifth largest school district in, in the country, right? And um, so when the spring came, we thought, well, maybe we'll just stay. All the mandates were dropped. And, um, so we did. Uh, Tennessee didn't work out. My husband had some things going on. It just, it just didn't work, right? Just the doors kept closing. So well, sometimes um, God does that, right? He does. He puts up a stop sign, and and yes. then you go a different direction. So yes. yeah. And so exactly. I bring this all up because it took a lot of faith too. I leaned on God on this too because we were really against the norm, especially in education, as you guys all know. Oh, anyhow. So I came out. We tried to buy another house in Las Vegas. We couldn't get one that California was cash. They were just dropping cash homes. That's pretty much what happened the last year or so. So we were kind of locked out. And I said, well, I'm not spending that kind of money in a home. I grew up in this hard town. We need out. We just need to go. It's just not for us anymore. Uh, there's a lot of heaviness in Vegas. There's a lot of revival there too, good churches and stuff. But there's always that sense of we just wanted to go. It was time. So yeah. we found this little farm town an hour north, it's called Logandale, Nevada, and it's still in the same county. And um, I accepted a teaching job out here, and it's a totally different environment. I call it my little desert farm town. It was 3,000 of us, there's one stoplight. <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you, and then only 25 minutes down, even more north is another town that has more of the grocery stores and stuff. But um, And I've seen that, pictures of your garden. Oh yes, my growing. husband. And you're yeah. also a baker too, right? I learned that from the bards. I, I make the bread. I don't know. I just started making bread and loved it. I fell in love with making bread. And then he did the sourdough stuff, which is really cute too. They're really pretty. But I still like the white bread. Making white is the best, I think. Did you yeah. just squeeze the dough and roll it around? It's kind of fun. Um, yeah, Ron's a baker that. too. He bakes Yeah, bread. I see. He makes great bread. Ron, you make some great bread. I need to ask him. I asked him one time in a chat, well, 
what kind of recipe is that? Because they look so nice and firm, your white bread, like you just cut right through it. How do you make yeah. that, Ron? I just kind of make it up. I, I looked at a couple of Amish white bread recipes, and then I decided yeah. I wasn't going to use Amish white bread is just flour and sugar, basically. And mm. and and I got out of using sugar and decided to use something more natural, and I use honey now. So I just use honey, and then I got into uh, wheat bread. So I make a honey wheat bread now is is uh, my go to, and I love it. That's my nice. kids love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw it. It's very nice give it out to my parents and um, you know whoever will take it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes you have to freeze it. I'm like, oh, I can't eat all the bread. But it's just fun to make. Yeah, and, he got um, me to bake a few things too. Yeah. Anyway, I don't go so, through it fast enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good for us, Mary. I eat it all. My husband's not a bread eater. And, he, you know, he doesn't need to worry about the bread. I do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyways, it took, um, that was another leap of I lived on my little tra travel trailer, 23-foot trailer here in the little town next to us. Um, in the summer, 120 out here in August, and we stayed at home. We got to rent our home back that we sold that I lived in my 25 years, you know, which was a blessing too. You know, God took care of us on that. Uh, we got to stay in our same house, and Mark, I'd go home on the weekends. We built this new home out here, and um, we're still settling in, you know. And it took a lot of faith to be away from the family and be on my own. I've always been, I went from my dad to my husband, my parents with my husband. And here I am living in a little travel trailer, working at a new school in a new community. And um, it was only an hour from home, but it felt like forever away, you know? And it was so yeah. hot, Mary. And I'd get online, I remember in some of the chats, and it was just like my, my lifeline, you know, seeing everybody and listening. And the Wi-Fi was so bad, it had everything off, but... Um, that was another jump of faith and we're still living it. You know, we've had problems with the home because they, the builders didn't do a very good job because it's out here. They can't get a lot of good work out here, I guess, you know? So I did get another, chickens. Um, another chickens reason to trust too. the Lord, right? <laughs> yes. And we have been, and it's been, it's been a challenge, but it's good too. You know, it's all good. And you know, that's kind of how, what God's done in my life. And I wanted well, to awesome. share it and thank you. Let me share. And I thank have chickens you. now. I have to tell you, I have chickens. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, a little city girl, <laughs> and I have 10 chickens, uh, and I love them. I want I love chickens them. so bad. Oh, my I gosh, can't have... they're so cute. Although, you know what I did here at my community garden? I forgot to tell you this, Ron. I was picking weeds, and I heard a rooster really? right <gasps> in the city limits. You see, now you and they're not, get they're not bees, allowed. Right? You guys have so your community garden. Got you got to set, set up a beehive there. <laughs> I know you can't have bees at your apartment, but you can have them. At the, you got to get some going over there. <laughs> well, if they can sting the deer away, that would be awesome. There you go. <laughs> That's how you get rid of them deer. <laughs> well, thank you, Perfect. Linda, for yes. coming mm -hmm. on and sharing tonight. And Thank um, you for having me. It's really awesome what you've, um, you know, that your faith has been increased. It's, you know, God puts us through these challenges and that seems to be the ongoing theme mm -hmm. widespread that that's when we get to be the closest, you know, if we can make a choice to do that. And mm -hmm. so I'm thankful for you that you did make that choice and that you, you leaned on God through it because then God just showed off in the hospital, right? I mean, he did showed up everywhere, showed up out yeah. here in this little farm town. And, you know, I will yeah. have to say, no, um, 
you know, being a teacher has been kind of tough for the most right now. Like we really, a lot of, there's a lot of good of us too. And out here in this little community, it's not like the city, it's a totally different environment. And the parents stick up for everything and, and they're quite involved. And, you know, the community does make a difference. So if anyone's out there, you know, really get involved. And if you don't have kids, you know, if we can overrun some of the, the politicians or what they're doing, I just don't know if everyone can homeschool their kids and if that's an option, but I think we need to pray for us teachers too, because there are some of us out there and we don't teach some of the bad stuff because you know what, you could just say you didn't don't, you know, and that happens too. So I just want to reassure you are not all that bad and um, oh, yeah. pray, for I us. That. pray for redemption in the schools and which is very much needed. And what is, um, Occupy, expand, and subdue, and that's what yes. I'm going to try to do. I have a few years left, and yeah. uh, God well, bless, you know. God some bless. of us are are called to carry the light in very dark places, and so I'm thankful for that. And so we're, we'll pray about that tonight too, you know. Thank you. I, I also wanted to mention when you started out um, talking about your testimony about the trisectomy 18. Yeah. That um, my friends. Uh, foundation is called um, sustaininggrace.org. If anybody's uh -huh. interested in that, um, it's sustaininggrace.org. And they have their story on there. Basically, their foundation is they provide 3D ultrasounds for women for free yes. so that they can see their babies in utero. And um, for them, it was a um, their daughter um, did not survive. And so this, these are just precious treasures, these pictures and these, you know, these ultrasounds that they do. And um, so they want to give that as a gift to women who are going through this or not just women. I mean, the dads too. So, but anyway, that's can I called, ask uh, you, can I ask you, Mary, yes. what did, was it true what the doctor says that, I mean, they just not even born, they still born and they come out and just live a few days. I mean, I guess um, that's something we time well in, in their case um their grace was uh stillborn so i get it yeah, yeah. and it is painful and that's yes. what the doctor kept saying it's such a painful you don't want to do this but, you know it's yeah. not his place and it's no one's place to tell me that that was god's place yes. right that's yes. that's where god is you either come close or you break away and hopefully the family that you know drew closer to him and didn't yeah. draw away yeah that happens too well, we're thankful of the miracle that you stuck to your guns on that too. So, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Ron yes. and Mary, and thank you, anybody who's listening. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, we're gonna um, have a little call for salvation tonight, and Ron will probably do that, and then just um, stick around too for. We'll have a closing prayer, and then um, stick around in the Zoom, and we'll say our goodbyes to you and stuff after. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda. So the call-ins are open. If there's anyone that's listening that's live that does not know Jesus, please give a call in, and Mary and I will pray for you. Uh, if I could, please, I'd like to read Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. But there's something else I wanted to talk to you listeners about, and and that's uh, and it's it's salvation. But what I want to talk to you about is our what our responsibility is. 
Um, there's so many people out there that are going through a lot of things right now. It might be addiction or alcohol. Um, you know, the flavor of the month is transgenderism and the alphabet gang and, uh, you know, what's, what, what they're locked into and what they're stuck into is, is they're lacking something from their life. And that's why they're, they're where they're at. You know, we see them as alcoholics and, and uh, you know, drug addicts and that they're lost. They're, they're not lost. They just need Jesus. And it's never too late. As long as you have breath, as long as you have breath left in you, it's not too late. But it's up to us. It's our responsibility to lead these people to Jesus. That's a great commission that is talked about in Matthew 28. You know, we're to go to all nations and make disciples. And uh, and that's what we're here to do. So, you know, please, let's not forget that. There's there's somebody out there that you love. You know, we're, we're supposed to pray for our enemies. But think of the person that you love the most that doesn't know God. Have that conversation with them. You know, I know sometimes it's hard. We become um, we become afraid to have that conversation with them, and that's part of the spiritual battle that we're in. You know, that afraid that that fear that's that doesn't come from God. That comes from the other place, and it's on us to overcome that and have that conversation with that person. You know, we're, we're judged by our fruit and one of those, and, and, and that's, that's one of those fruits is leading people to Christ. So, uh, I want to challenge everybody that's listening. Um, there's somebody in your life. I challenge you to have that conversation with them. You know, it's for anyone living in the year 2023, it's, it's obvious that we're running out of time. There's, there's not much time left. Any second, any moment, rapture could come. So don't waste that time. Find that person you love. Share your testimony with them. Tell them about Jesus. I love you guys. Mary, you want to close us out? Thank you, Ron. That's a really important message. Totally agree. There was um, a scripture that came to mind. I just dropped it in chat, but it's from Esther 4.14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So he, he's completely right, everybody. It's important. Um, I kind of want to start out with a praise report from Truth Patriot before I get into prayer. And he's allowed me to share this um, uh, direct message he had sent to me. We've been praying about his son that got, we prayed that he, when he lost his job, and then we prayed some more when he was looking for a job, and we praised that he had an interview for a really cool job. And so um, he wants to share what happened. So, um, so I, he's allowed me to read the two messages. Um, praise report 
I am so excited to inform you that my son has been offered an administrative assistant position with the city of North Car Cannon, Ohio, Canton, Ohio, on public affairs and policy, working closely with city council and community leaders on policy and conservative reform, as well as working with the city chamber of commerce. I'm so happy, so proud of him for sticking it out and getting into a career that can truly enact change at the local level. This is the entire concept of county by county. Praise Jesus. And then he added a little bit of this tonight, right as we came on. By the way, there's a bit to add to my praise report. In talking to my wife, our son was offered another job earlier today before the career opportunity that was just that, a job, at a car dealership at $11 an hour, basically a get-by job. Well, I'm going through an argument with our son. She just pleaded with him not to take it. Then after the call, she prayed to Father to bring him the career, not the job. She said she prayed hard for Jesus to answer. Not 20 minutes later, our son called mom and told her that the administrative assistant position was offered and that they had wanted him to know that he was employed with them and that he could relax and enjoy his holiday weekend. Praise God. God is great. Awesome. So. These are good tears. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you, Patriot. Um, Lord, we just want to thank you for that right now. We want to thank you for, you know, you always answer prayer, Lord, and many times it's not in the way that we want it, but um, many times it's just a mystery and it's, it's a surprise and it's wonderful and um, we just want to share it all. All the praise goes to you in every, every part of our life. You know, praise you even in the struggle, Lord. But I just especially really want to thank you for just what you've done here in this specific situation for our brother and his family. And just, Lord, pray, just pour a blessing upon his family and this job that he's starting, Lord, and just continue to guide him in this and that um, we're so excited to know the plans that you have for him. Jeremiah 29, 11, you've stated it, Lord. You have, you know the plans that you have for us, the prosper us, and not to do us harm, Lord. So thank you for that. And uh, Lord, I also want to thank you for Linda tonight and um, her coming on to share her story of uh, how her faith was increased through a, a challenge. And that um, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit was at work in her life that just moved her to pray and to trust you and to actually share this, you know, in an environment where other people can see you, Lord, where you can just be shown off to, to people who just may not know you and just, you know, get a little turning of their heads. Like what is so different about this situation? Well, it's faith. They have faith and what is that? And so, Holy Spirit, I just I pray that same kind of stirring would just happen 
in people, um, even that they're listening to, to Linda's story tonight, or maybe listening to it years from now. We don't know your complete purpose in all of this. We get an inkling, and, and sometimes we're so thankful that you show us. Um, but we're, we'll just trust you that no matter what and how things even look in, to our own eyes, that you've got it and you've got the big picture. And so we trust you, Lord, just increase our faith too. And I didn't um, see anybody who had sent any other specific prayer requests, but I know that um, I just wanna lift up um, anybody who's having any challenges this week or if they're feeling the enemy is at their door, that um, just to remain strong in you. First John 4, 4, Lord, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I just, Holy Spirit, just wrestle with people on this, people, your people, that they can have confidence that no matter how things look, that you're with us and you go before us, you go behind us, you're all around us, Lord. I keep thinking of that song, that blessing song right now. But it's so true. Thank you for everything, Lord. And I pray that tonight we'll reach whoever you had intended for it to reach, even if it's just one person, even if it's just a, a seed. You know, that's one seed that wasn't here Thursday night. So we'll water it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. And thank you, Linda. Linda, don't go anywhere. We're going to play a song for you. Thank you, Ron and Mary. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, my dearest friends, let us not forget we're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So please find that person you love that does not know him and share your testimony with them. We love you. We'll see you next week. Set his 
die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burning gladly buried, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou. With shout of acclamation And take me home What joy shall fill my heart When I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God How great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou Linda, that is awesome. Thank you for requesting that song. That was one of my grandmother's favorites. One she used to yeah. sing all the time. I love that song. It is a good one. And that was Mary Beth Angelo. Do you remember her, Mary? Yes, I do. It's, I haven't seen her online in a while. I hope she's still out there. We love you, Mary Beth. And oh, and the, uh, what was the other one we really like? Sojourner Soul of the Lord. That was nice to you. Yes. Scott used yes. to play that. So hi, Mary Beth, if she's out there. Yeah. I get to see her uh, at the first Bards Fest she played. She did, yes. Yes, insane. So that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to, for tonight. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. You're yeah. welcome. All right, guys. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week, next Friday, right here on Podbean. Yeah. Happy Fourth of July. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happy Independence Day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye bye. Love you. Bye.